Hey listeners, before we get into today's episode, we have a little exciting announcement that we want to share with you. We're super excited to let you know that we have a limited edition pin that was designed by Holly Arnett, one of our favorite freelance designers and avid listener of the show that we're now selling up on our store. The pin is super cute. I love it so much. It's hand lettered. It says work in progress because I don't know, we just loved embracing the idea that is really behind this show that we are learning as we go. We are sharing with you what we're learning as we go throughout our design careers and we're all works in progress, right? So that's what this pin says and it's super cute. You can put it on your jacket, put it on your bag and we'd love for you to own one. So head to designlife.fm slash store and you can check out <laughs> the beautiful product photos that Femme took of this pin and get one for yourself. But uh, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name's Femke. And in this episode today, we're going to talk about how to get your first design job. I see this question or this discussion actually come up quite a lot online, on Twitter and things like that. Uh, And it seems that people have this sort of conundrum uh, circle experience where it's like, you know, in order to get a job, people want to see that you have some experience, but it's your first job, so you don't have experience. So how do you get that experience? And it's kind of like this you know, vortex of like, ah, how do I solve this problem? How do I get experience when nobody is willing to give me a job? So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that conundrum on the show today. And maybe Charlie, you and I can share a little bit about how we got our first design jobs. And we got a couple questions come through as well. So we'll get to that later in the show. But first, let's catch up a little bit. It's been a couple weeks, I think, since we last released an episode. You and I have both been a little bit busy. Uh, What's been up with you? How are things going? Things with work are going really well. I got a promotion recently, which is super exciting. Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, I think we talked about it in our, we did an episode about career growth or something, didn't we? I just remember talking about the fact that we have standardized salaries at ConvertKit. And so it's these like levels of jobs. So yeah, that's been exciting. And I've just been really leaning into that and trying to do more of the things that, uh, you know, I was demonstrating to my managers that let me move up to that level, which is things like user testing and looking at data and um, coming up with ideas for tests to run on our website and, you know, new designs, that sort of thing. So that's been really good. Um, It's been exciting. I'm also heading back to the States on Thursday. Of course. When are you not? (laughs) I know. I feel like I always have a trip to the States coming up. I'm going to LA for a skateboarding competition, which is going to be super fun. Well, to participate or? Oh yeah, definitely. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) No, just to watch. Um, And then Mark and I are spending a week in LA and it's going to be really fun because it's his first time in the US. So yeah, I'm really excited to show him around there a little bit. And then it's my team retreat in Tennessee after that. So I'm just sort of hanging around in the States until then. Busy bee. So another few weeks of travel coming up, basically. What about you? I'm good. I went to Brazil, I think, since we last recorded for a cool. research yep, trip. just casually. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really fun. I made or I filmed at least or attempted to like a vlog kind of style video while Yay. I was there. Yeah, so I haven't yet edited it, but keep an eye out for that. I thought it would be fun to kind of vlog a little bit like what is it like you know out in the field on a research trip so yeah keep an eye out for that coming out eventually 
I actually recently met up with a Design Life listener here in Amsterdam. Fun. Yeah, which was really cool. Liz Steele, who does the most beautiful sketches and she teaches sketching and does sketching workshops. Uh, If you go to lizsteele.com, she is a... You know, very, very big fan of the show. She's been listening for a long time and she was in Amsterdam and got in touch with me. So we met up and it was so cool to just like meet someone who listens to our show. And like, it was funny because she like was like, I feel like I know so much about you, but you know nothing about me. And I was like, oh, yes, that is how the Internet works. Sometimes it's really weird. Um, But yeah, I met up with her and that was really nice to get to, you know, talk to one of our listeners and hear about what they're doing was was really awesome. So yeah, I've had a good couple of weeks. Um, busy, work is busy, but all in all going pretty well. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, shall we get into today's topic, speaking of work? <laughs> yes, speaking of work. So how did you get your first design job? Let's start there. Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I think... I may have talked a bit about this on the show, but maybe not sort of exclusively focused on this topic. But essentially, I was working at Atomic, which is a or was a design prototyping tool. And while I was there, I was still studying. So I was still at design school. So I was kind of helping out a little bit with like doing a little bit of customer support and a little bit of marketing and a little bit of communications. Uh, You know, it was a really nice complimentary student life job. And while I was there, you know, I was studying design and we were designing a a tool. So I was really interested in kind of moving more in towards the sort of design team and like, you know, how can I utilize my design skills that I'm learning and sort of be part of a design team? Uh, Is there an opportunity to do that? Yes, no. Uh, And I sort of kind of started helping out a little bit on the side here and there. My role was still very much more focused on like doing the marketing and the communications. But now and then I got a little bit of opportunity to design, whether it be for like our social media imagery or like uh, images that we needed for blog posts. Like it really started more on the marketing side. And then I was more and more interested in moving into like the product design side, wanting to design and work on the actual product. And... I sort of tried a little bit, sat in on a few of the like product design meetings. There never really came an opportunity for me to fully be a part of that team or focus on product design at the company. Uh, So that's when I started pursuing or at least sort of looking and scouting for more focused product design roles. And that's sort of when Uber came up. So, I mean, I would actually probably call Uber my first design job even though I'm still still there right now I don't know I feel like though there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from that first job at Atomic because what happened there is that you were able to learn a lot about design on the job right even if your title wasn't designer totally and I think that's a missed opportunity for a lot of people to be honest I think people are looking out for you know like this magic first job where they're going to have the right title and you know it's going to be all the things when really what you should look out for is that opportunity to get experience. You might not have known that you were interested in product design if you hadn't been working at a SaaS company, right, and been able to sit in on those product design meetings, even though you said you weren't able to actually participate in designing the product there. I'm sure you would have learned a lot just by watching how the other designers work and, like, learning more about what that role is. I think that there's, you know, a lot that you can get out of of a job like that. Yeah, and that's often actually my first piece of advice to people who, you know, are 
asking this question, like, how do I get my, you know, first design job? And if they're already working somewhere that has a design team or has an opportunity to work and design at that company, that's always kind of my first recommendation is like, you know, while you're already in this company, have you had a conversation with your manager about maybe switching to the design team? Have you looked at internal opportunities? Is there any way you could volunteer or help out? Uh, we've had that at, at Uber as well. There's occasionally someone from a completely different team, not at all related to design, who's interested in design, and they might come and help our team for a week just to see what design is like. You know, there's always a chance that those opportunities exist where you already are. So that's always my kind of first piece of advice is like, well, if you've already got a foot in the door and you're already working there, have a look around, talk to some people, see if there's any possibility or opportunity for you to start picking up some design tasks. Yeah, I love that because you might not have to leave the company or switch jobs in order to get that first bit of design experience. Exactly. I've actually had this happen. Um, I've been on kind of the other side of it. Uh, recently at ConvertKit, someone on our customer success team has come to me and said, hey, I'm really interested in learning design. Do you think that's ever something that I could do here? Like, And they just wanted to have a discussion with me about it. And we're going to basically do some design shadowing, you know, where she's going to like watch me work and I'm going to talk her through my process, maybe give her a few little tasks to do um, that I can then critique and try and like mentor her a bit, which I'm really excited about personally, because that's something that I wanted to get into doing more. Yeah. Yeah. Also it will give her an opportunity to, to see what design is like and um, to get that experience in it. And my, my first design job was an actual design job technically, but now that I'm hearing your story, about you know getting experience in other ways I'm wondering if actually my first design job was not the one I was thinking of let me explain so um (laughs) the first time I got paid to design was when I worked in a baby shop it was a store that sold baby things I think I've told this story on this podcast before too but I was a sales assistant you know helping people pick out the pram they want or the right car seat don't know why anyone trusted me with that but hey (laughs) that's what I was doing um and our web person like quit one day and they needed someone to essentially make some JPEGs to put together in an email to send out as a newsletter. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in design school. This could be my chance. Um, And so, yeah, I ended up doing like creating some images basically for them. But like you, I guess I don't really count it as my first design job because it was, it was more like a freelance project, if that makes sense. I was still doing my other job. My first proper design job I got um, while I was still in university and it started part-time and turned full-time and that was at a reseller of fridges and heat pumps so super glamorous and I guess that would be my tip is that your first design job might not be glamorous and doesn't have to be because this was honestly a perfect first job for me it was a small company there was two designers on the team it was a small marketing team And I got to have a lot of responsibility very early on. Uh, I got to be in charge of projects and like talking to printers, going to visit the printing press and like check all the proof colors and things like that. I learned so much on that job because it was a small team and it wasn't like a big company where I was a small cog, you know, in, in the giant machine. So I would say for your first job, you should focus on what type of like maybe the scale of the company and how design fits into the team rather than what the brand is and like, I don't know, the the future of the company and that sort of thing. Like it, it wasn't a Shopify, if that makes sense. It wasn't this like rising star. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be. But I don't know. I feel like those are the jobs that everyone wants. And I mean, for good reason. I'm sure they're great places to work and they have all these great programs for helping you progress your career and things. But I just worry sometimes that it's blinding people to all of the other opportunities that are out there at smaller, like mom and pop shop type things um, that are available. Yeah. And often at those more sort of mom and pop style places, you are part of a smaller team. So in a way that can often be a huge advantage for you if you're at the beginning of your career, because you get a lot more hands-on time with the other designers. There's more opportunities, I think, for closer sort of mentorship and learning and growth. Uh, So yeah, I think that's always a you know, potentially a good place to start and a place that people should at least be considering. Um, I know that other people have found sort of success in getting their first jobs through internships, which uh, did you, I don't think you ever did an internship, did you? No, I never got a chance to do an internship. Um, I also don't think I ever really tried, so that's on me. (laughs) Well, to be honest, I don't find that they're very popular in New Zealand. I don't no, know. I don't think they are. Yeah, I don't know many people that have done them. They're not part of the study program or anything like that. But I've noticed in places like the States and here in Europe, they're quite popular. Uh, so I've seen people have success in, you know, finding a place to do their internship. And then once they graduate, going back to that place and getting full time work, um, which I guess is another potential route you could try for Not something I have experience with or, or know if that's you know, a good way to go. But yeah, maybe that's another route that people could consider as well is whether internships could help lead you to land that sort of first full-time gig. Yeah, because it is all about experience, right? We had a tweet about this, someone saying, how do I, how do I show that I know what I'm doing without the experience to back it up? And that's, I mean, that's the crux of it right there in the most difficult part of landing that first job. It almost, it feels like you just need to get someone to trust you yeah. that one time and then it's all going to be okay from there on out, you know? Yeah. And that that's hard. Getting experience can be really difficult. I've had actually, because I guess I'm, you know, on YouTube making videos about design, I've had a lot of people who are wanting to get into design message me and say, oh, hey, I'm wanting to learn design, like, is there any like overflow work you have? Like I'd love to help you out and like framing it like that, like give me the work and I'll do it. Oh, interesting. Nice thought, but I think that maybe people don't realize how much effort needs to go into mentoring in the early stages of your career and how much learning you still have to do. Like it would cost me time and likely money to farm work out to someone else, right? Like one of these people emailing me, I couldn't just be like, here, get this work done thanks, here's your experience. It would take much more effort on my part in mentoring them and critiquing the work. And that's not something that me as an individual has time for. So if that's approach you're taking, because I have been surprised actually about how many people have um, reached out to me with emails like that, just think about how, like, how much work it is for the other person on the other end and maybe look for more traditional internship routes like you're talking about, Femme, where the company is set up to mentor you and to, to have you as an intern. Yeah. What advice do you have around, like, we got a couple questions around sort of, you know, having a portfolio and like, how do you create a portfolio essentially where you don't have any projects, right? You don't have any experience, you haven't worked anywhere. Uh, what advice would you have for, for those people who, you know, don't have that work to show in a portfolio, but feel like they need to have something to show in order to gain that trust from someone? I mean, I think you do need to have something to show to gain that trust from someone, but a project doesn't have to be a real project, right? 
to to show that you have the design skills. Um, I think there's a difference between projects and experience in that way. I mean, we've done episodes in the past about portfolios and about what you should put in them, how to put stuff in when you don't have any work. But really, you need to focus on showing a breadth of like design styles and skills. Like if everything looks the same, people are going to think, oh, this person is great. But only if they're doing this one specific thing, you know, like they can only design in dark mode. They can't design (laughs) anything that has a white background, you know, those sorts of things. Just keep that in mind. Just put a lot of work into critiquing your own work, you know, and improving it. You can't just like operating Photoshop does not make you a designer. You've got to be showing that you're doing the design thinking and you've got you're doing the process behind it and it's okay that you're not perfect as well um, because in your first job you still have a lot to learn Um, maybe that's another piece of advice I would give is that you should be looking for jobs that are at your skill level right if that makes sense because you're not going to be like a senior or a middleweight designer straight away no maybe even junior them they might be some companies that have levels below that i don't know but yeah look out for for opportunities that are gonna, are gonna be right for you and how how important do you think networking is at this stage because i would say that for me my personal experience uh you know networking and putting myself out there and you know being active in the design community even though maybe i you know wasn't necessarily a quote-unquote real designer yet at that stage but just the fact that I was participating and contributing and being present for me helped immensely like that's how my manager at Uber found me so I don't know what would you say about that like do you think it's important to kind of have a presence and put yourself out there or not? I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary but I think absolutely it helps like you just said and you'd be kind of doing yourself a disservice if you didn't try, you know, publishing your work on Twitter. There's um, a young designer that I follow who is constantly posting these amaz- amazing projects. She's doing a lot of like redesigns of sites or like reimagining of things. Like um, one was like, what if YouTube was like an education app where you could save videos kind of as courses and go through it like that? And she did this mock-up, I think, using um, maybe Envision Studios or maybe XD, I don't know, something like that. But it was all interactive, you know, recording of showing going through it. And you could tell that, A, she had design skills and also the, like, hustle skills to bring something to life like that. It wasn't just putting a a flat, like, here's one screen that I designed reimagining this. It was, you know, a lot of pages in the app and and then put together. Yeah, here's a full experience. Right. So if we were hiring a junior designer at ConvertKit right now, that's someone that I personally would be looking at, you know, because I'd be like, wow, okay, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. You know, you're publishing really regularly, putting stuff out there. That's really cool. I, I saw her Twitter account through a bunch of other people in the design industry who had um, been retweeting stuff. You know, uh, she's doing a great job of putting herself out there. And I hope that it's going to help her find a really good first job soon because you know um that's I think that's a great approach to take is to put yourself out there and what she's doing I guess is kind of an online form of networking right mm-hmm, totally yeah and I find that what we often look for as well at, at Uber when we're uh, hiring for the sort of junior or entry-level roles is not necessarily a 
rockstar designer. I mean, obviously you have to have design skills, that's important. But we also look for someone who we think has a lot of potential. You know, someone who we think uh, is is eager to learn. Um, you know, we can mentor who we know will grow a lot into the role. I think often we, or I've seen a lot of early stage designers get caught up on, you know, being this perfect experienced designer. And I think we just need to accept and admit that you're not like, you know, you, you haven't been in the industry for five, 10 years and that's okay. You don't have to have been as long as you are someone who, you know, is showing enthusiasm, you're eager, you have potential uh, and you're a good fit for the role and there's opportunities for growth. Um, then, you know, that's a huge complementary skill and an asset and from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I don't know, I think that I've never hired a junior designer, so I'm just like, you know, talking shit right here. But I think that if I saw the portfolio of someone who didn't have a lot of experience, but they were kind of acting like they were the, the, the hottest new designer and they had everything figured out, they were perfect versus someone who was like, hey, I am love design. I am so keen to learn. This is what I've worked on so far. I know that there's issues and, you know, I'm I'm just keen to learn how to improve my designs. I would so much rather that second person than the person who's acting like they know it all already because that to me would show, I mean, your skills aren't quite where you, you're, wait, what's the, you can't talk the walk? Oh, you, <laughs> I don't you, know. you need to be able to walk the talk? I don't know. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> the, yeah, their, yeah. their words aren't lining up with their actions, I guess is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. We, we've had situations where we've had two candidates, you know, you, you get to the end of interview and then there's two different candidates and we're like, oh, which one? You know, they're both really great. And, you know, often we end up going for the one who is showing, you know, a bit more enthusiasm, clearly has communicated with us what they want to learn, they're aware of what their weaknesses are, they're aware of what their strengths are, um, you know, versus the other one who maybe is a bit more, you know, like, I I don't know what I want out of this job or, you know, that I just want the design job. I just want a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, at the end of the day, we often go for the person who has that eagerness and that willingness to learn and has awareness as well. I think that's also important. It's having awareness of where your skill level is at and what you want to get out of this and where you want to go. Yeah, I love that word. Awareness is great. What do you think about remote for people's first jobs? Because oh, yeah. I know it's it's so popular. I mean, I work remote. I freaking love it. Don't think I could ever go back to an office. But I don't think that it would have served me well if my first job, you know, that um, little reseller of mm-hmm. fr- heat pumps and fridges, if that had been remote, I I just wouldn't have learned as much. Yeah. I mean... My first job was remote, technically. My first full-time job. Yeah, how did that go for you? Because when you were <laughs> sitting in on product design meetings, I guess it was via a call most of the time? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think my advice and from what I had learned and what my experience was is I would not recommend remote as your very first design job because it's going to be very, very difficult for you to learn. I will add this add a caveat that it does depend on how remote friendly the company is. The one that I was at, I wouldn't call remote friendly. Um, so that can obviously have a huge influence on what your remote working experience is like. Um, but in my experience, it was just very hard to learn anything when I had no colleagues around me to learn from. 
Uh, and that for me, I really struggled. And when I moved to Uber was something I was really, really looking for was you know, being part of a team environment, learning from others, learning what it's like to be on a team, observing, growing. Uh, and now I... I mean, it's only been two years, so I don't feel it's been long enough, but I am getting to more of a stage where I'm feeling confident enough that if I wanted to go remote in the future, I would feel, you know, confident and able to do that on my own because of the skills that I've learned from being part of a physical team. I totally agree. I think I was only really ready to go remote. Maybe I was ready a year before I started at ConvertKit, right? But up until then, I don't think I would have been. Um, yeah, and you'll know yourself best, right, and how you learn totally, and uh, how you best work. But I, I needed to be around people to learn their design processes, learn what it was like working within a company, you know, and all of that as well. Actually, you know, that's a piece of advice that I would give to, to people for landing your first job is to make sure you're focusing on the company side of what you're joining as well, right? Like you're joining a business. And so if you can demonstrate some sort of understanding that you know how design fits within a business and what impact it can have, uh, I think that could go a really long way. Like researching, like reading about if it's a marketing design job, reading about how marketing team work and understanding what some of the other roles might be and how they could, you know, be helped by design so that you can bring your own ideas to the table or if it's product, like you know, make sure you're learning about who, what a product owner is and what, what's a product manager and, and what is the difference and, and how do they work with a product designer. Um, those sorts of things could really give you an edge, I think, over someone else if you demonstrated that you already had an understanding of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't regret being remote in my first job, but if I had to do it again, I think I would definitely choose uh, working on the ground with a team and, and learning from my team members as much as I could. Yeah. Someone's asked in our community chat, and I'll ask this to you because I think you have more experience with hiring perhaps junior designers than I do. What are some of the most appealing attributes in new designers you bring onto your team? We've kind of already answered that, but what are some of the least appealing? That's a really interesting question. Like what are some things you could see in a portfolio or maybe hear in an interview where you'd be like, "Mm, that's a no from me? Oh, that's really hard. Um, I know it's. I know it's tough, and you don't want to be mean or name names, but you know we've got to help the people out here. Yeah, what is not appealing? I guess there is sometimes a sense of overconfidence, you know, um, or sometimes I've seen situations where people are actually above junior level, but they're so desperate for a job um, that they apply for a low level role. Well, that's that's interesting because. I mean, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Yeah, it is really hard, but I have had a few people, uh, you know, get in touch with me, sort of, you know, they want me to refer them for a role. And there's been times where I've looked at their portfolio or whatever, and I've been like, you're way overqualified. Like this, you know, you should you should search for something more higher up or keep an eye out if we do have, you know, when, when something does come out that's more senior level, I think that would be better suited for you. But why not, like, if the person is willing to do a junior job, then why does that sort of disqualify them? Yeah, uh, I guess because often we are looking for a junior person specifically to, how do I explain this? I guess if they are above the level that they're going to enter at, 
um, then they're not going to have a good time, basically. Good point. Like you'd be setting them up for failure. Yeah. And they're going to be overworked. Like they're going to be providing, let's say, senior level quality of work and getting paid a junior salary. No one wants to be in that situation. Like they're going to find figure that out pretty quickly. And how are they going to grow through the ranks at Uber if they're exactly. already doing like they'll be completely mismatched? Yeah, exactly. And also, honestly, you're taking away an opportunity for someone who needs this more than you do, if I'm honest. Um, you know, someone who is new to the industry or is actually junior and, you know, could really benefit from this opportunity that could really kickstart their career. Uh, so for me, that's sort of the main reasons why I, I don't pursue uh, when that sort of comes knocking on my door. Don't pursue those people. Yeah, interesting. Touching on that, because I think I, I was talking before about the experience level of a role, right? And making sure you're applying for the right one for you. Make sure you're reading those job descriptions carefully because some roles, it, it can be a bit more open. Like I know at ConvertKit, we don't have like a, I don't know, we give a vague idea of like, this is the kind of experience we're after, but there could be people more more experienced than that or, you know, maybe with a bit less and we could be interested in hiring them. We just want the right person for the role. Totally. And we're kind of more open about the experience level. Obviously, there's going to be some basics that you need to be able to do in order to to get it because we're a very small remote team. And so there's, you know, it wouldn't be like you were under someone being shadowing them and, and learning like that. You'd have to kind of need to be able to do that by yourself. But yeah, there, I think there are a lot of roles out there that are, are a bit more open. So if you are really great and you don't, you haven't had your first design job yet, maybe don't let it deter you if something says like one to two years experience just give it a try. What's it going to hurt? Yeah, totally. Uh, something else that came to my mind is we had two candidates for a role and one was very enthusiastic, very outgoing, very clear, you know, like I was talking about before, had this awareness about what she wanted to get out of the role, what she wanted to learn and how she could contribute. The other one, you know, didn't have any questions for us, wasn't super vocal about what she wanted to learn or how she wanted to contribute to the team. Um, you know, it, it sort of seemed like she just saw it more as like a job opportunity. And so you know, we, we went for the other candidate in the end because of the enthusiasm and the obvious like willingness to learn uh, and potential growth that we saw. So, you know, think about that as well and like how you're presenting yourself and always have questions. I feel like I thought that that was you know, an obvious sort of number one rule, but I'll say it again, always make sure that you have some questions ready in a job interview. Yeah, I think that's something that can surprise people actually is I'm mean, now we're veering into job interview territory, but yeah, you should always have questions. And when someone asks about your weaknesses, you should never say that you're a perfectionist. No, say that oh, I'm too much of a perfectionist. Like my work is too perfect. Like, I get it. I get that being a perfectionist means that you overthink things, blah, blah, blah. But it's just such a, like, cop-out answer. Totally. But those are the things that you can't know, I don't think, unless you've done a lot of research about interviews or unless you've interviewed people, right, and, and heard these sorts of things. You know what? I'm thinking back now to my interview for my first design job, and I feel like I didn't ask any questions and I left that interview thinking, oh, my God, I wish I could have, like, why didn't I prepare something in advance? It was my, f I, I landed the first design job that I interviewed for. So I hadn't had any experience interviewing for design jobs. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
And yeah, I left that interview thinking, well, I blew that because I didn't ask any questions. Luckily, I landed it. But yeah, don't take that chance. <laughs> Definitely bring some questions because surely you have some, right? About, yeah, about the job, about the company, about the team, about growth opportunities. There's so much. And like I said, we've done interviews about, done interviews? Done episodes, episodes about interviews before. Oh, yeah. All right. I think uh, it's time to wrap this up. Did you want to add anything? Nope. I think that we're good. If we keep going, then I'm going to keep talking about stuff I've already said in past episodes. <laughs> so let's let people go back to their lives now to the next episode that they have in their podcast queue. Yes. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can listen to more episodes at Design Life FM if you want to listen to more. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Design Life FM. Sometimes we hint about upcoming episodes and you can yes. tweet us with your questions. And remember, we have our exciting new product up on our store. I'm holding it right in front of me right now. It's this beautiful badge that says work in progress. It's just so cool. Designed by Holly Arnett, who is, you know, one of our favorite freelance designers. She's yes. done a great job. It looks super cool. And we would love for you to have one. They're a limited edition. So head to designlife.fm slash store to get yours now. And you can pin it to your jacket or your bag and... Um, be a part of our little community. It'll be awesome. Awesome. Cool. Chat to you soon. Bye, Fem. Bye. Bye.